What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode 20 of the Fearful Football Podcast. I am your host, Sanchez Bailey, and I'm hot off the Manchester United game. And so, very interestingly, um, you know, they were losing 2-0 and they just come back to win 3-2, so credit to them. And I just wanted to kind of touch base on that, actually, from, from what was discussed um, in the last episode regarding United and the mentality and when pressure gets to them. And what they did today was break a record in its eight consecutive away games. So that's really impressive. And that is of a title-challenging team to be um, very effective and, and clinical and productive away from home. Obviously, they're building um, with their home momentum at the moment. And winning today will be very good and, and be very much a confidence builder a morale booster to a team that's really making a good impact in the league. I think they're fifth at the moment, Southampton. Um, but I want to bring the mentality that Bruno Fernando echoed that the team currently had in terms of them saying that they, that they should be fighting for the title. But it's more about, you know, the small steps and, you know, you're, you're playing against a team, you're losing 2-0 now. Um, consider the amount of pressure that that would put on the players to actually perform. You know, um, we don't know what was said at halftime. The manager made changes and hopefully could have given them a little bit more of an injection that was more empowering rather than pressurising. You know, so um, I could only imagine at halftime Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, made mention of the things that need to be done to win this game. And that's the mentality that they need to, to, to continue with um, moving on for the rest of the season, bit by bit, game by game. So now... Obviously, I've done an episode on Bruno Fernandes and uh, the Manchester United mentality. And now, you know, comparing that to, to Tottenham and Mourinho's and Tottenham play later on. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they cope against a team that's also building momentum. They are playing at home. Um, no, away from home as well. So, you know, how, how are they going to go into that game? It'll be very interesting to watch. And by the time this comes out, the game would have been done. But today I want to speak about something that I feel is very important. It's almost not another uh, a prediction, but it's, it's me exploring the, the positive and the dangers of the, the influence of the crowd coming in now. So, you know, thank God that we're at a point where we can actually be um, at a stadium and engage in live sports. That's beautiful. I'm really happy about that. But it can be problematic. And I want to speak about that briefly a little bit and at least by the end of the episode be able to give you some thought-provoking information that can allow you to um, not be affected in a negative way. So, where do I start with this? So, um, there's, there's, there's mentioned clubs, there's said clubs that are going to be um, able to have fans and showcase um, a live you know, fixture at the stadium. And I genuinely believe that's going to be unfair. Now... I've done a little bit of research actually and hopefully I should be able to get that out of my laptop but I was really looking into the statistics that the pandemic has brought. Now you don't need statistics to actually um, to know that there's a lot more goals in the game now. There's a lot more chances per game, there's a lot more mistakes in the game. They're all no accidents, they're all statistics that make sense and they all highlight the effect of the crowd actually being absent. Now. Before I even go in terms of exploring how the effects of the crowd will affect these players now and how it will affect teams and blah, 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 I really want to kind of break down how it has previously affected them and how. Before I even get into 
how the influence of the, the fans will now affect the players that are engaging now. I really want to speak about how it previously has affected them during the pandemic. And we spoke about it previously before. We are talking about even small elements such as the manager's um, communication that could also distract the players because, you know, I'm hearing names being screamed out and usually you associate that with training, which is so stop and start. And so maybe some players' concentration levels have not been at the optimum because they're, you know, focusing on what they can hear. Um, we've had players that uh, will feel less aroused. And when I say aroused, I mean less in the zone and less stimulated in the game because um, of the lack of cr uh, the crowd, which leads people to make more mistakes. We've got some players that actually thrive under the... Uh, um, under the, the circumstances of no crowds and they will step up their game. So there has been some players that have actually raised their game during this whole pandemic and that doesn't necessarily mean it's just because of crowds. This could be because of the work they were putting in, you know, the momentum that they've been building physically and mentally. But this influence of the crowd now is actually going to be quite telling to some of those players that rose their game during this pandemic or maybe let their game drop a little bit during, the, you know, during this lockdown um, football. So with the fans coming back into the game, it's going to be very interesting because there are definitely going to be some players that have their game spiked up. You know, you get some of the best out of some players when there is the crowd and, you know, the, uh, the influence of other spectators. And then you get some players that take that as a little bit of pressure. And I wouldn't want to say crumble, but um, do not unleash their full potential in a situation where a crowd is present. And where does that come from? We spoke about this before, but I want to highlight the fact that it's a term called arousal. So arousal is the level of stimulation that you're able to, to kind of um, endure or experience in the preparation for a game. And sometimes there, with arousal, there is actually a sweet spot that will allow you to be in the best form of optimal performance, you know, where you're literally, just think about maybe Eden Hazard when you were just unplayable, you know, he would be described to be someone maybe in one of those games that we're, we're talking about or Yaya Toure. You can just remember when it's totally unplayable. That's when someone's in their optimum flow. And um, that is something that can be enhanced by the presence of a crowd. And actually, if that is somebody, um, if there's a player like that, then that actually needs to be addressed because obviously in a situation where there's no crowd, your performance is potentially harmed. So how can you um, at least maintain this standard without the influence of the crowd um, because that is very possible for it to happen again. And then there are some players that, you know, almost succumb to the pressure that fans and the expectations that we spoke about last week that fans do bring. And so how can we, how can you prepare yourself to be able to adjust to any situation and irrelevant to what circumstances you're surrounded in you're then able to flourish and perform close to your optimal you know and it takes a bit of work but one of the skills that I really want to pass on to those listening is the way that you interpret scenarios the way that you interpret scenarios is going to determine whether you're able to let the current circumstances and environment affect you or whether in a positive manner where you're going to you know perform irrespective to what the environment is or whether you're actually going to allow the environment and the circumstances and you know maybe your team's context to then affect that the way that you deliver and perform your game so um 
what I actually just did now is just as I said before the aim is to really give you thought-provoking content and this is going to be something that you you want to take pen and paper and start you know um, being very self-reflective being very honest with yourself and you know writing some things that that uh, are pertaining to yourself and it'll make sense as I explain it so what I did I wrote down a few scenarios that could affect a player so let's just think now the influence of the crowd and how that would uh, potentially affect a player positively and negatively so I wrote down a few examples and I'll give you a few um, you know um, further examples so you've got the opposition being superior so you're at home let's just say Arsenal now um, have a North London derby coming up so you're playing against a team that's doing better than you that's been better than you in, in, in seasons I don't know whether they're home at home or not but either way there's going to be uh, the influence of a crowd so uh, let's look at it from the Arsenal perspective. So you're at the Emirates, you're playing a team that's um, superior to you. So one, you may be a little bit um, potentially intimidated by the team or threatened by their form. Uh, two, you, you will have the crowd on, on your side. But if things don't go your, well, go, and go your way, the crowd could get on your back or urge you and you know try and give you a little bit of praise. You've got the opposition being inferior, maybe a team that you feel like you could walk all over. Um, they're, they're not doing well in terms of their form. You've got jeers from the crowd. You know, let's just say you keep making mistakes, you keep missing sitters, or you know, um, you're getting beaten by your man. You might get some jeers. Chants that are in your favour, um, people singing your name, or maybe just cheering you on and urging you on. Maybe you could be winning or losing. Um, you've got a roar as well, um, abuse. You've got a gold drought. And you've got mistakes. Now, there might be so much, so much more scenarios that you can kind of draw from your own experiences that may derail you from a game. It could be prior form, prior form that is. Um, it could be so many other uh, scenarios. What can allow you to um, thrive under those situations and almost crumble in those situations is down to how you interpret every single scenario that I just mentioned. Now, not every scenario in general, but more those that are pertaining to yourself. So if you're a player that allows mistakes to affect you in the next five minutes of your game, if you're someone who um, allows a goal drought or maybe the fact that you miss the number of opportunities affect your next one or affect that you, the way that you even engage in the game for the next few minutes or even for the rest of the, the match. If you're someone that Maybe the crowd getting on your back, maybe booing you or even jeering you. You can just tell the player the fans are on onto you. Whether you're able to let that uh, affect your game and you feel like the whole world is just focused on what you're doing at that particular time and you don't want to put a foot wrong and you're putting so much effort to not making another mistake or putting a foot wrong. Um, I could go on and and hopefully as I'm saying this, personal scenarios are coming to your mind where you know there's been examples where. Um, these outside situations or circumstances has actually been presented to you or affected you but the way that you're able to overcome that and able to still play and work towards that optimal functioning is how you interpret those scenarios either you're going to interpret it as a challenge so think back to my challenge episode I believe on episode 13 think back to whether that is going to be a challenge for you or whether it's going to be a threat whether it's going to be empowering thoughts that you're having or whether you're having debilitative and damaging thoughts. 
So it's how you interpret those scenarios. So I've wrote down a few examples of how you can take some, some scenarios. I use a goal drought and mistakes in terms of how you can have debilitative thoughts and negative thoughts that will, will derail you from the current task of playing and then more empowering thoughts. And when you do write this down and if you do have those scenarios where circumstances in the game do affect you, it's, it's worthwhile writing down that scenario, writing down the type of thoughts that you usually think, whether it's um, uh, not empowering or you know, debilitative. And then you want to work on saying something and returning and training yourself to actually respond with the more empowering thought. But actually, actually sounds like it's coming from your mouth. You know, you don't want to say something that's very cliche because it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't sound realistic and it doesn't sound like something that you would apply. You have to respond with something that sounds like you and, and is meaningful to you. So I wrote down something um, that I've used a few times and um, let's use a goal drought. So a, a debilitative thought is that you will question your ability. Maybe you might question your contract situation, your playing time. Um, the crowd is maybe on your back and you may actually suffer some, some abuse from the fans. You know, so those are some debilitative thoughts where maybe, again, you don't think you're good enough, you might be losing your place in the team, or there's so many thoughts that could generate there that just puts you off from actually playing. So that's, a, that's what uh, a goal drought would, could definitely do, especially questioning your ability. But, you know, um, a, a way to overcome that is that you could think that you've been putting in the work You've been putting in the work in terms of you finishing and you just need a chance and you'll put it away. Now then, again, you should be putting in that work to, to change your narrative, you know, you should be training, you should be um, creating a habit, think back to the habit episode, but creating a habit of you um, working to, to improve the finishing. And if you've been doing that and creating a habit, all you need is a chance. So instead of you focusing on the elements that will kind of derail you from your performance, you focus on the the, the steps kind of like we spoke about last week that lead you to get to a chance so you just uh, focus on the element of you getting to a chance um, let's look at the the element of mistakes now so you've got mistakes you know one of the other uh, the negative thoughts um, about mistakes is that you just don't want to put another foot wrong so sometimes you might do you might overthink that you have to do things that are simple the next phase of play that you get you just want to not lose the ball you these are things that are very negative the fact that you're saying you don't want to lose the ball is putting uh, uh, an expectation and a bit of pressure on yourself which is unnecessary you know players do miss the ball like and, and make mistakes and you know nine times out of ten you're not you're, you're a professional or whatever level you're at you're designed to actually produce a successful <laughs> phase of play so you're not just not, out of 10 attempts you're not going to make 10 mistakes it's just just very um, unrealistic to think that so it will come your it will work in your favor but a way to kind of you know shift your mind in terms of you not making a mistake is actually just focusing on what's important now you know that's what I kind of break down as a winning mentality. What's important now? W-I-N. And, you know, you can break that down into something that's a little bit more um, important for you. So, for example, if you're a defender, you know, what might be important at this present time is shape. Making sure that your shape 
you know, is complementary to the team, maybe your line. Like, you want to focus on what's going on in the game now so that you could so you could perform and, and match the demands of the game rather than you focusing on the things that are more pressurizing to you. So just focus on what's important now. You know, if things are going on in the game, you are so privileged to, to, to have more minutes for you to actually play, you know. Um, let's just say it's happened, if something happened five minutes into the game, 60 minutes into the game, 80 minutes into the game, you still have time to make something happen. You still have time to influence the game somehow. So it's shaking yourself back into reality. It's shaking yourself in terms of what really matters in terms of you, your positioning, your team and the ball. Like that's all that really matters, you know, um, and all those other circumstances really are irrelevant right now because you're the only one that can influence what happens next. So focusing on what's important at that time so that you can make the best influence whilst you have the opportunity to, you know, and it's just really training your brain. And as I mentioned to you before, like, you know, it's not going to just shake itself into reality by you just thinking that in the game. It's got to be something that you really want to start um, visualizing yourself actually doing, you know, so you're casting your mind to a, a, a the time where, you know, maybe a mistake might happen and how you think you want to start thinking about yourself making those thought processing and decisions you want to think about and actually practice that in training so to speak where you know you do make a mistake you know there's going to be some people that might get onto you but you're really focusing what really matters um which is you performing and you know having another chance maybe or you your shape and all the elements that allow you to perform successfully so that's my message to, um, today is um, overall, really, I genuinely think the return of the home crowd is really going to affect the teams that are able to have the crowds um, in a positive way. So if I was to make a prediction, I really think the London teams are going to flourish from this. I do think Fulham's form is going to improve because of the fact that they'll be having home support and Craven Cottage is a really great stadium. So do be prepared that Fulham... Um, will have more of an advantage over the teams that are surrounding them in the table. I do think you'll see a turn in events where potentially Liverpool, Tottenham and Chelsea will, will slowly start to run away with the league because they're top three at the moment. So, you know, with them having home crowds and, you know, creating that fortress again at their home stadiums, you'll, 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 you'll be likely to see those teams rack up the points, especially during the Christmas time where there's going to be games every two, three days. So, um, I do think it is a bit of a danger for some of those other clubs that do not have the luxury of having the home um, advantage where other teams would have a home advantage um, and they, you know, have an away disadvantage uh, set before themselves. So I think it's going to be very unfair to the teams that do not have the influence of the crowd because... The pandemic actually has eradicated the home advantage. So there's no home advantage now. And from what, we're see what we can understand is that there's going to be about 10 teams that are going to have the home advantage. You know, so there's going to be 10 teams that are going to have um, no uh, advantage from you know, having the crowds around. And considering the crowds were removed and the crowds will be coming in, you know, the crowd is going to be excited to be back. They're going to be extra supportive, which is going to be a bit of a mental boost for the players too, where the confidence and motivation are going to skyrocket from just having the people there to support them. 
which means not only are you having a home advantage, you're also getting a mental push and a boost too, which is really quite unfair to the teams that are not able to have that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how things come along over the next few weeks. That's my predictions. We'll revisit it um, from week to week. Obviously, there's so many other factors that go into this. So I'm not saying that this is the only way. Um, I'm not ignorant to psychology being a merge of, of um, factors such as the physical aspect, you know, and um, how things can change as well. Um, so, yes, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. But I hope from this episode here, you are able to have more time and hope more thought into how you interpret situations, you know, um, especially if you are having the crowds come back into the game. But even if not, there's so many other circumstances that could allow you to overthink and cause you to have a lot more pressure in your game. So how do you interpret those scenarios is very important. And I hope that this empowers you and gives you the tools to, to, to start training yourself to, to interpret in more empowering ways. All right, moving on to next week. And yes, we'll speak then. But thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Do check in with me. I would love to know how you're getting on. Sometimes, you know, the, um, these episodes is very ger generic information. So if there's any extra and direct support that you do need, do not hesitate to contact me. But yes, on to next week and speak then.